The following is a presentation from the Recycling Council of Alberta's 2019 Sea Change Conference, held October 2nd to 4th in Jasper, Alberta. The RCA would like to thank our supporters for making this conference possible, including Platinum Sponsor, GFL Environmental, and the sponsor of this session, the Canadian Electrical Stewardship Association. In this segment, John Coyne, VP of External Affairs and Sustainability at Unilever Canada, offers a steward's perspective about the work being done by his company and other partners. They implement extended producer responsibility programs for packaging across the country. Coyne explains why this work is critical to collect and recycle materials. Thank you. We all good? Good afternoon. Peter, thank you. Um, that was a great presentation to talk about Ontario, and I learned something more today from you. Peter, Jason, thank you for your presentations as well. Conferences are always great things um, because you're supposed to learn a lot when you come to conferences. I've learned already that I should say nothing derogatory about cows. <laughs> um, I've learned that when you come to Alberta, it's very good to refer to yourself as a really dumb Ontarian. Uh, and we should always pay attention when uh, people like uh, Councillor DeMong want to give us lessons about hair care products. <laughs> so with that in mind, uh, I am the culprit in all of this. Uh, it's companies like mine that actually put all the stuff into the boxes that we now need to wrestle with and to think about when we talk about EPR. And before I start with that, may I say how glad I am that you have in this province leaders like Peter and Jason and others in the municipal sector, in the waste management sector, in the producer sector that are looking at this issue in a very modern, mature, thoughtful and very productive way for the future of all Albertans. That is in contrast to many other jurisdictions here in Canada and elsewhere. Now, Unilever operates all over the world, and we've seen a whole lot of systems be developed. We've advocated for these kinds of systems over the years, and we have participated in not only the development of the, the legislation around these things, but also in the operation of these systems, whether they're EPR systems or otherwise. Now, why do we do that? Well, we are the culprit in our side of things. We produce over 53 billion pieces of packaging every single year. Over 6,000 pieces of packaging every second. And of that, roughly 7 to 8% is ever recycled. Now, I don't care where you live, and I don't care what you do or what you think, but you're probably amongst the 86% of Canadians who say that we need to do a much, much better job with this material. And Unilever is on that journey. We have been advocates for EPR for decades. We've been advocates for how it is that you have to rec recognize the importance of recycling this material, reutilizing this material, and indeed, your question, sir, how do we reduce this amount of material so that we have a better economic posture, but also a much, much improved environmental position? 
Because while we think it's very important here in Canada, you should understand that the challenges that exist in most parts of the world aren't the kinds of challenges that we have here. Most of the jurisdictions have no blue boxes. They have no recycling frameworks. In many cases, they have no garbage collection systems. They do not have the sophisticated actors in the municipal sector who know and have developed over years how to manage through these kinds of things. So while this is a challenge for all of us here in Alberta and for all of us in Canada, you are so far ahead of the curve when it comes to many other areas in the world. Now, why is this important to Unilever? Well, for us, we have both an economic and an environmental position that we need to make sure that we are leaders. And for us, it means telling the marketplace what it is that we intend to do. We intend to make all of our packaging reusable, compostable, or recyclable by 2025. We intend to have a much higher degree of recycled content in our packaging. And through this process, we will lead to an environment where we will have less packaging in the environment, both here and everywhere else around the world. So these are market signals that companies like Unilever are beginning to deliver out there to which we will be held accountable by the people who buy and sell our stock and by the governments who regulate us. So it's very important to understand that as we think about things like EPR, in some small measure, it's because companies have now abandoned the old notion of fight these regulatory systems and have moved well into the position of saying, no, we cannot not fight them. We need to support them. We need to embrace them. We need to participate in them. We need to guide them, and we need to get economic scale and better environmental performance. And we're not alone in that. Almost every day you can hear a new announcement, a new commitment, a new statement from any number of players who are retailers or manufacturers in Canada or elsewhere. Pepsi, I think, was the last one that just did it down in South America, where they made commitments that are really quite laudatory for the kind of work that they want to do in South America, not just here in Canada. So these are market commitments that lead us to participate actively in these systems. Most of us are signatories to the big commitments of the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. And if you haven't participated in the work of the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, I encourage you to go online, take a look at what Ellen MacArthur stands for, what that foundation is trying to accomplish, and how it is that that foundation has galvanized international businesses to participate more actively in the development of these systems. In the EU, targets are going up. The numbers are frightening for some people because they really don't understand how it is that we're going to get to these numbers. The material targets are going up as well. But even when you look at these numbers, we're still leaving almost half of the material to be dealt with in some other fashion. Either we're going to burn it or landfill it or do something else atrocious with it. That's not acceptable. We should be angling to a world, not as Ruben said, where we dream about a world without garbage, but a world where we actually decide that there will be no garbage, and business has to be the actor 
to facilitate that. As Peter pointed out, the Ontario Peter pointed out, the Ontario landscape is really quite fractured. And one of the serious questions that we really do need to confront, and this is for municipal leaders, this is for provincial leaders, and for people at the federal level, is do we have the institutional structures to actually deliver against the kinds of ambitions which we should be working towards in this country? Should every province be different? Should every municipality be different? Should the waste management industry in BC operate differently than in Quebec? In some fashion is to fracture the efficiency of the system and prevent us from improving our performance in this area. Those are serious questions in, this, in the 21st century that we need to confront, and we need to encourage all of our political actors to contribute something meaningful to that debate and that discussion. There are provincial changes happening. It's slowly but surely the wheels are beginning to get some grip on the tracks. Nova Scotia is consulting on EPR, but they've been at this for a few years, and we're hoping that they can move this forward with a greater degree of alacrity. New Brunswick is doing the same thing. I think all of the Atlantic and Maritime provinces really would like to do something in a coordinated fashion. That should be encouraged. Ontario, Stewardship Ontario, has received its wind-up notice, so now we're going to move in to the IPR world that Peter Hargrave described. Saskatchewan and Manitoba are also looking at changes. As everybody moves away from these shared cost systems, towards a full producer responsibility world. At this point, the federal government is now stepping into this. Until a year ago, the federal government spent no time thinking about this whatsoever, creating a greater degree of anxiety on my part about how it is that the institutions in this country are going to deliver against the ambitions that we've been talking about. But the G7 Oceans Plastics Charter is an ambitious and very laudable commitment to how it is that Canada sees itself participating in the cleanup of oceans, rivers, and other waterways that are fouled with all manner of plastic waste. Does it do all of what needs to be done? No. But at least it sets down a marker that says that the old world is no longer acceptable, the status quo is insufficient, and we need to make a much more meaningful statement about how it is that we think the world is going to evolve. National Plastic Waste Strategy, again, not moving towards 100% recovery, but making a meaningful statement in coordination with the provinces about how it is that we think about how much can be recycled and by whom. And finally, the CCME's Zero Waste Framework is also part of this puzzle. All moving pieces this strange kind of bouillabaisse of policy and ambition and activity, all designed to create a more systemic approach to how it is that we think about a circular economy. This is really what Rubin was talking about this morning when he talked about behaviors and attitudes and how it is that we think about the world. A waste-free world, a world where we decide that waste is not going to be part of our economic and environmental future. Now, Unilever wants to be part of that because Unilever wants to be in business for the next 
100 years as it has been for 100 years. And the only way that we can do that is to be an active participant in this space. So we co-chair the Circular Economy Leadership Coalition, which is designed specifically to try to get the debate about circularity for all materials into the lexicon for all citizens. But how does that apply for effective EPR? Well, producers need to be financially and operationally responsible. We say that a lot without really understanding at the end of the day how that is going to come into play. And one of the most important thing, things for us to keep in mind is that while EPR is a, an ambition to strive towards, it is a transition towards an endpoint which is well beyond EPR. And we have to work our way through a very difficult transition where municipalities who have been actively and very capably involved in driving this agenda forward transition their operations to another series of actors. Again, Ontario Peter highlighted the complexity associated with that, but it's not lost on Councillor DeMong and on Jason how difficult that transition is going to be and how much goodwill is required in order to achieve an effective transition to full EPR. So we should be committed to that particular ambition, not just EPR in and of itself. Of course, we need to make recycling easy. It is not easy. I don't care if you live in rural communities or in urban communities. What goes in the box, how often, how you do it, whether you clean it, is this material acceptable, that material acceptable? It is not easy for consumers to understand how it is that they can make a contribution in this space. And they want to make a contribution. So we need to make it easy for them. And producers have to be particularly attuned to that because we want the consumers to build their loyalty with us. And if they're concerned about an issue, we need to be responsive to that issue. And we need to pay attention to how it is that they interact with our brands and with our products. It better be a level playing field. My friends at Procter & Gamble will not want to pay more than I pay. I would be happy if they did that. <laughs> you need to have enforcement out there, and that's another area where business and government needs to find a more effective way to intersect. For years, businesses have said, no, stay away from us. We're in business, you're in government. We don't want to have anything to do with you. Please stay away from us. If this system is going to perform adequately, effective enforcement is absolutely essential to make sure that the people who should be paying are paying. Yes, you need a de minimis system out there for small business. There is no question that, given the complexity of what we're thinking about here and the costs associated with this, a lot of small businesses simply cannot affect the change necessary and the margin hit that a lot of this involves. So companies like mine in Alberta, British Columbia, and Ontario, and everywhere else are going to have to pick up some of the tab for some of those businesses in order to make sure that we have an effective system that can benefit all of us. Materials need to pay their own way. I can't have paper cross-subsidizing plastics, and you certainly can't have plastics cross-subsidizing glass. We need to understand what materials need to pay 
for the value that they contribute into this system. The last comment, which kind of slid off the page, probably because for my purposes, it's not the most important comment, is that you need competition in this system in order to ensure the procurement practices and the delivery of these systems is done in the most economically efficient way. Economically efficient with appropriate standards, outcomes, and enforcement from government. Governments have to set those outcomes. We have to welcome that, we have to work with that, we have to determine how it is that those outcomes can be seen to be achieved today and how they need to improve and extend for tomorrow. Now, I will quarrel with Ontario Peter on this. I have never referred to any municipality in Ontario or anywhere else as ineffective or useless. I actually wrote those words down. I will acknowledge that business has been very frustrated with the shared responsibility systems. But nobody will ever be able to say that municipalities, given the task before them over the course of the last 30 years, haven't developed some of the best collection and processing systems anywhere in the world. But they've been dealing with the hand that they were dealt, which is a very localized framework bounded by their own municipal boundaries that never allowed them to extend themselves and develop the kind of system-wide change that we're all talking about here today. An industry needs to take the program lead, needs to be operationally responsible, and then needs to be held accountable. Now, a question came up about the border. And let me go back again to institutional challenges that we have here. And this is particularly important to Councillor DeMong and to provincial authorities here in the province of Alberta. The amount of e-commerce traffic that we see today is a fraction of what we're going to see in the years to come. And if we are not effective at dealing with that through product standards, through environmental outcome requirements, and through an appropriate framework at the Canadian border, all of these recycling systems will collapse. Because the stuff coming in isn't paid for. The people who are here are paying for everything coming in. So that whole concept of free ridership, that whole concept of how you manage a program within a jurisdiction on a system-wide basis, will come tumbling down if we don't deal with the border. Which means municipalities, through the Federation of Canadian Municipalities, possibly, the provinces, through the Council of First Ministers, and the federal government need to figure out how to manage this at the border, and industry needs to encourage that and needs to help them understand how product standards and border issues can be dealt with. Otherwise, there will be no recycling to speak of in a decade or so. If we're going to have a robust EPR framework, it better be harmonized. Now, I've been speaking about this for a long, long time. I see no value in fracture. I see no value in anything other than a harmonized system-wide approach where you can be nationally consistent but very locally relevant, which means that rural municipalities in the province of Alberta, their needs need to be addressed. 
But are their needs completely and utterly different, distinct, and separate from the needs of rural municipalities in British Columbia? I don't know. But I think it's a question worth asking. Is the city of Calgary completely and utterly different from a systems point of view than the city of Burnaby? Don't know. But as we learn in different jurisdictions what things do work, what contracts work, what standards work, we should, for goodness sakes, be able to apply that in a common way, applying the learning, the continuous improvement in other jurisdictions. And I'm very hopeful that industry working with the municipalities in the province of Alberta can do that work that way. That's critical for companies like Unilever. Why? Because we don't want to add any more cost to this system than is absolutely necessary. Yes, you do pay in some ways twice, in the twice for this kind of work in the province of Alberta. Still pretty marginal, but you still pay twice. So let's make this as effective as possible, be as prideful as possible about how it is that we can manage the environmental outcomes, and do this as effectively as possible. Outcomes-based regulations, resources to oversee the program, that's one thing that governments don't do. They don't usually provide the oversight. They tend to offload that to organizations, delegated administrative authorities or otherwise. Okay? They're having to change too. They're having to accommodate the important changes that are taking place in the business community and in governments. But you need to have oversight. And you need to have some kind of responsibility to make sure that those outcomes that are imposed on the business community are, in fact, achieved. Finally, you need adequate time to develop these things. And I always beg for this because the transition takes time. And one thing that governments are not all that good at, I'm not saying the business is any better at it, but governments are not really good at allowing for transitions to take place over time. Because transitions are messy, they're noisy, and they can be controversial. Those are three things that governments like to stay away from a lot. But we need to understand that these are not easy things to undertake. Just putting out an RFP for processing in a jurisdiction can be a very controversial activity. It's going to impact the waste management sector. It's going to impact municipalities. It's going to impact people's jobs, the livelihoods of the very people whose transition we're in the midst of affecting. But we need to be resolute and committed to how it is that we want to go about that work, understanding that it's still difficult. Circular economy outcomes are essentially what we're going for. Because there really is nothing, virtually nothing, I should say. I got a lawyer, I gotta hedge my bets a little bit. There's virtually nothing that we make and consume that cannot in some way be recovered, recycled, reutilized, or remade. So we need to think about it in that fashion and then dedicate ourselves to constructing a circular system where waste is no longer a permissible, permissible byproduct. This will be important to allow us to have the resources available to meet the commitments that I opened with. How do I get all that recycled content? How do I get recycled content that is of such quality that I can put it back in the kinds of products that I want consumers to buy? If we're not applying ourselves and thinking about it in this way, we will continue to have a fractured system where product quality be, will be low 
economic cost will be high and environmental outcomes will not be met. An effective EPR is in fact a key element in this future. Probably wouldn't have heard a lot of businesses talk about that 10 or 15 years ago. You would have heard us talk about it, but not a lot of businesses. But I think there is momentum now. There is an effective way for people to be moving forward in this space. But it is only a waypoint. It is not an end point. EPR is where we have that transition to a more secure, environmentally responsible world. So I'm very hopeful that Alberta will move forward this way in a way that is consistent with other jurisdictions and that we will learn each from the other how it is that we can construct a better system. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Thank you for listening to this Sea Change Conference session. Search for On the Cusp, Alberta's circular podcast on iTunes and Google Play for more from the RCA or visit recycle.ab.ca to see the full slides and audio presentations. For the latest recycling and reduction news, follow us at 3RsAB on Twitter and Instagram or Recycling Council of Alberta on Facebook and LinkedIn.